and welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast. It is Monday. I am Chris Graham and joined by Rod Mullins as we are most Mondays and we'll break down the the previous weekend's NASCAR race and this one we were in Talladega and uh, had the race. uh, You know, the last uh, last little bit was kind of quiet until the last lap and then all heck broke loose on the last lap and I am still trying to figure out Rod. Uh, I've, I've watched the race ending a few times uh, over to make, to see what happened. And then I've read about it a few different ways, still trying to figure out uh, how Ross Chastain was able to win that race and how Eric Jones was able to lose that race. Eric Jones had that one in control. Oh yeah. He had that one in control. He had led for gosh, how many laps did he lead there before the end of the race? And everybody was saying, well, Kyle Larson's going to overtake him. Larson was kind of, you know, closing there at different times, but he was actually getting a better um, run on him as he would come out of um, there at uh, four and coming in toward the trioval, coming down toward the, the start finish line. And so he got motivation there to be able to go and control the race. But then when we start getting down toward the very end of it, you know, it looked like Eric Jones was going to pull off a win. He was going to pull off Petty's first win in like 277 races. The last win was back when Eric Almarola was driving for them. And so um, when that happened, I thought, you know, he's got it. He's got it. He's not far from the start finish line. Let's see what happens. And as they came out, next thing I know, Kyle Larson tries to go around him on the outside. Eric Jones admits, I probably should have made another move. I probably should have went to the inside more and got a little bit momentum that way. Ross Chastain is like, hey, the middle's wide open. I'm going for it. That's all I've got. I've, I've got my chance. And so he put the hammer down, and he went right on through. And even though Eric Jones uh, got slowed up, tw- uh, turned around a little bit, um, also you know, out of that whole thing, Kyle Larson, but they still managed to have a respectable finish. Uh, you know, Eric Jones finished, I think in sixth is what he finished in. And, uh, Kyle Larson finished a little bit ahead of him, but still it was a good race right down to the very end. A super speedway race has been so unpredictable, especially if this new next generation car, because they really, it, it differed from what it was at Daytona. When we saw Daytona racing back in February, we saw two and three car packs is what we saw. We didn't see a whole lot of this train as it was coming up through there and, and just gaining more momentum. And then you have your two lines and then one line couldn't stay with the, the other that had no more momentum and more cars all lined up behind them. So we saw a different look to this new super speedway uh, version of the next generation car, which it's still the same thing. Uh, but wow, I was just really impressed with yesterday's race. Yeah, you know, I was uh, watching a race with a couple of new uh, NASCAR fans, I'll say. I think I helped convert them towards the end of the race. Uh, and, you know, they were wondering at first, well, why is everybody racing in a straight line? I said, well, it's, it's you know, partly that's, that's general strategy, but also it is different than Daytona. Daytona had two and sometimes three. But uh, the last, you know, maybe it was just the last lap or two, really, where mm-hmm. you saw guys breaking out into a second and even third line. Um so, you know, they were, they were certainly taking advantage of, of those. Uh, also, I, mean, I, I got to say about the next-gen car, uh, uh, no cautions in the, in the third stage. That's amazing. Now, there was, there was some activity going on behind the leaders on the last lap, but no yeah. cautions in the third stage. Uh, that is extremely unusual for Talladega. 
Yeah, that is extremely. I mean, we had our cautions really back in like stage two. I think we had one maybe in stage one. We had a couple in stage two. But, uh, you know, it was, it was that same thing. Either somebody was bumping somebody, uh, somebody tapping somebody just a little bit too much. You know, I'm glad you had a chance to sit down with these guys and talk with them a little bit about the strategy because, you know, there are people that are out there that think that NASCAR is nothing more than riding around in a fishbowl. That's what they think it is. And then when you're at a super speedway, there is more strategy. I mean, there's strategy when they're at a short track, but there's more strategy at a super speedway than one could ever imagine about car racing. I mean, IndyCar doesn't do this same sort of thing. IndyCar is not in the same thing of this drafting and staying together and so forth. And NASCAR's kind of frowned upon it for years. You know, there's a rule even this year that said uh, you cannot go and you cannot get right your bumper right up on the end of that other car and stay for a prolonged period of time. Well, there's a penalty with that. But it also goes that it could blow the engine up before it's over with in the car that's following behind because it gets the temperature too hot. But, you know, there's so much strategy with a super speedway race. Not only is it just taking on tires, making sure you've got enough fuel, but also how the air moves and how that car moves through the air as you're going at almost 200 miles an hour. And, boy, yesterday we got a we got a crash course in it. They said that this car would not be able to go and draft in these long lines like a train going down the track. But yesterday they did. And then if somebody stepped out of line, they immediately started going backwards. We were almost like with the old cars, the way things used to be. And um, I'm telling you, it was just, it was good to see this kind of racing, especially in the last few laps of the jockeying for position and, and people trying to get up there and make opportunities. Like you said, you know, break away with about a two or three car pack and hopefully you get enough uh, good arrow. It pushes you up through there to where everybody else latches onto you and pulls you on around the track. So Chastain had not won a Cup Series race until no. last month at Circuit of the Americas, the road course. Right. Now, it says something about the next-gen car, too, that he wins with the same car that you, mm-hmm. uh, at the Super Speedway that he won with on the road course. Uh, this car is interesting in that respect, that, you know, the, the, basically the same car uh, yeah. when it went in two very different kinds of races. Yeah, it is. And then also it says a lot about this evening and leveling the playing field, so to speak. We've had the big name cars, you know, yesterday we saw Hendrick dominating there at the first part of the race, uh, there into the latter stages. We had, you know, Elliot, you had, uh, Byron, you had Larson. You also had, uh, last but not least out of that whole bunch Bowman Bowman was having trouble back and forth, trying to get up there with the pack, but you did at one point have all of the Hendrick cars, all four of them drafting together around the track. It also showed too, that you, uh, have your Joe Gibbs cars that were kind of singling things out. And I don't know, Chris, did you see the, the time where all the Chevrolets came in they pitted all together at once? And then the Toyotas came in and they pitted all at once. It was that team thing. It's, it's one of those things that we're okay. We'll take you to the dance. We'll dance here forever up until about the last five laps. But then, you know, we're going to get rid of you. We'll find another partner somewhere along the line. It's going to get us around the track. But you know, that was just unreal. That car, how it was doing that. This is a car that was at a dirt track last week with a little bit of modification. Of course, the engine, probably a new engine more than anything else in there, but this, everybody has the equal and same parts that's in these cars. Nothing has been modified. 
and uh, it's just unreal. I just think it's great. It's been great for the sport. Uh, you got a lot of naysayers that don't like it. You've got people that says this, this next generation car has ruined racing. I think it's just taking it up another notch. I'd love to see and go back to the old stock cars myself, the way things used to be and see some of those old races. But you know what? That's for those grassroots campaigns like they're going to do at North Wilkesboro and different things like that. Bring the old stock cars back. But you know what? This forces these drivers to have to, like I said before, compensate and drive a little bit more than they expected to. So let's talk some Kyle Busch. That's always a fun thing to do on a podcast. Always. Uh, what is it with him and Joe Gibbs racing? Um, he he was revealing in uh, – after qualifying on Saturday that 2023, he might be racing for a new team. What is going on here? Yeah, well, you know, they announced last year, M&M's announced that uh, the Marsh Candy Company announced that they would not be coming back at the end of the 2022 season. And, you know, rightly so they've, they've had a great, uh, they've had a great time. You know, this marriage has been with Joe Gibbs racing for a long time. But, you know, they're going separate routes. Who knows what the situation may be? Kyle Busch, on the, the other hand, uh, seems to think it's not just, it's not his fault out of it. It's Joe Gibbs Racing fault because Joe Gibbs Racing is, is obviously not either doing enough to try to keep M&Ms there or they're not doing enough to try to get a new sponsor for next year. I was a little bit, yeah, I was surprised maybe by the tone that he took. Um, I've been surprised more so lately with this, uh, whole Gibbs camp and, uh, the way that they have handled some things here in the last little bit, uh, what bothered me uh, a couple of weeks ago, or I should say now two weeks ago, uh, going on it, uh, Bristol. And that was, uh, the Coy Gibbs situation that bothered me more than anything else. I think Coy Gibbs could have been, you know, a little bit more friendlier toward the media, so to speak, because somebody asked him the question, have you talked to your son, Ty, about his behavior and so forth? And he said, well, that's a private conversation. Well, I understand that. That is a private conversation between uh, a father and his son about, you know, that certain situation and things. But, you know, he's in a public sport. You know, are you going to be called down? Is, is Grandpa Joe going to get involved with this? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the situation is. And so now Kyle, uh, Kyle Bush is in this. And they ask him, you know, uh, where are you going to be next year? I don't know. That's up to Joe Gibbs. That kind of, that kind of took me by surprise. I, you know, I thought that they had a, a really good relationship, but I also think that this controversy that has been over the last few years with, with Kyle Bush, his openness, his, uh, reason for opening his mouth, inserting foot, I think needless times that he has done this has hurt him. As it's hurt him in the it's hurt him in the sport, and I think we all are kind of like at this situation. Um, and I don't know if I expressed this last week, but when Kyle Busch won the race at Bristol, um, I don't know how everybody else in the media felt, but I kind of greeted the whole thing with a just a sense of dread of him coming into the media center. It was just like, what are we going to hear out of Kyle this time around? Are we going to hear serious answers? Are we going to see? you know, a Kyle Bush that gets there and he's just as sarcastic as all get outs. And, you know, he's just flat out. I can't say it any other way. He's just the plain flat out smart ass of the whole thing. I mean, we, we just don't know how, what's going to happen with him. Uh, he, he said he hates dirt, but then he wins on dirt. 
how are you going to explain that? Uh, well, who knows with Kyle Bush? It's, it's a very complicated scenario. Somebody asked him, are you thinking about retirement? He says already, no, I'm not thinking about retirement. So we know that he's in the process of maybe going somewhere. Uh, he could stay at Gibbs, but who knows? I mean, he's got enough backing and stuff. He, you know, he could go and probably create his own team if he wanted to, but he's got to get the charter. If he's going to get that, he's got to get that all important charter. Uh, but we do know that he has a job possibly, uh, if he does not come back next year race. And that is, he's going to be the hauler driver for his son as he drives around on the dirt track, dirt track circuit and wins all these races. So, you know, I don't know with Kyle Bush, it's, it's kind of hard to call right now at this point. He finished third, uh, on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, so with with the second win uh, in five races now for Chastain, he's locked into the playoff already. It's, yeah, it's he's April. Locked in. He's locked in, and we had one other multiple-time winner locked in uh, already this season. And so, I mean, it's it's early, but we've already, mm-hmm. we're already getting a look at the playoffs a little, a little soon. It's, it's also early to be thinking who is who needs work, who has work to do, uh, right. and, and also who's struggling with the new car. Who are some of those guys that you think might, uh, you know, the, the familiar names, especially who, who might be struggling right now to, to the older over. drivers, I hate to say it, but the older drivers are the ones that's struggling with the car right now, or those that have been on the circuit for a little while. You've got Kevin Harvick, uh, Kevin Harvick was running at or near the top yesterday, but he was having trouble, uh, still being able to get the car around the track and, and be able to compete. Stuart Haas has been good on a restrictor plate. If you want to call it that in the past restrictor plate races. And, you know, I figured they'd do pretty good. Well, Cole Custer was doing pretty good there at one point. And also, uh, you know, one of the other previous winners, Chase Briscoe, Chase Briscoe was doing well there at one point too. And then they got knocked out of it. Then of course you've got Ryan Blaney. You've got the Ford drivers, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, once again, uh, has a un you know an unfortunate happenstance for it to take place with him. Uh, some of the Ford drivers are are definitely having some trouble. I can't really say it about Truex. Truex is kind of adjusted. He's been in there, but he still hasn't won any races. You've got also um, some of the other drivers on the Chevrolet part. You've got um, drivers like, uh, for example, uh, Chase Elliott. He hasn't won a race yet. There are people still wondering what's wrong with him. And he says he's happy right now at this point, he says he's driving a fast car. He's, you know, staying pretty close to the top of the standings in the points. He's not really worried about it, but I would be, I would be worried. Why haven't I had the opportunity to make some wins here? And I've been this close. What has gone wrong? Uh, this may, may be one of those things that Chad Canals and Rick Hendrick are going to have to describe or sit down and discuss especially after Memorial day, because they're going to start getting into the meat of another schedule after Memorial day and the Charlotte race of where they're going to have to determine, are we going to have to make some uh, changes on crew chiefs? Or are we going to have to make some change on crew personnel? Uh, who knows what it's going to happen. These drivers though, some of these older drivers are having some trouble with this car. And I think some of the uh, other organizations are still kind of being stubborn to one degree and saying, we'll do it our way. But you can't do it that way because look, Trackhouse Racing has won two of the last three races or two of the last five races, I should say. And they've won in convincing style. And they're doing it on actually pension pennies is what they're doing. And they're coming up with sponsorship. People are still asking the question, 
how is Ross Chastain pulling this stuff off? He's a great driver. He always has been, was a great driver on the Xfinity series. Daniel Suarez is a great driver. He's just been unfortunate on a lot of these events wrecked out yesterday in the Talladega race. So, you know, these young and up and coming teams, petty GMS, that's another one that's coming up through the ranks and Eric Jones, you know, like we expected yesterday, thought Eric Jones was going to come up with a win, but he, he didn't have it happen. It's going to happen for some of these guys. And it's going to happen very quickly. And I think it can happen probably in the course of the next four to five weeks, we're going to see some changes. And I think you're going to see some of these younger drivers at the top and some of these older drivers, uh, still scratching their head, wondering what are we doing wrong? So we go from super speedway racing back to a one mile track, the monster mile of Dover this coming weekend, Alex Bowman, the defending champion. Uh, what can we expect there? I, I guess the answer probably is it's still, we're still feeling things out, but, but what, what are you, what are you looking forward to with the Dover race this weekend? Well, this is going to be their first real, uh, uh, attempt or however you want to call it with the car on concrete. This will be a track of all concrete. Martinsville has concrete, uh, concrete in the turns. Dover is all concrete and Dover, as a matter of fact, has now been taken over by Speedway Motorsports. So now they are Dover motor speedway. And so it's under the speedway Motorsports umbrella. And I'm sure we'll see some, a uh, lot of pomp and circumstance there with the speedway Motorsports folks. They love to go and promote these races, but who are we going to see when your guess is as good as mine. I just, when I thought Tyler Reddick might put together a good race yesterday at Talladega, he ends up going behind the wall and he ends up not being able to finish the race. Um, I wouldn't have expected that. I would have expected a lot of momentum from that last race going into Talladega that they could do just about anything. He's a good, uh, super speedway driver. He has been, uh, so they had something obviously go wrong with the car yesterday. Um, you know, some of the other drivers, you know, they have been good there. I can't, I have to say it. Hendrick's always been strong when they go to Dover, uh, Alex Bowman, Jimmy Johnson was always popular. Uh, always came away with a win or at least, uh, came close top five finish, top 10 finish. Um, it's anybody's ball game. I, I think, especially this week coming into Dover and what they're going to expect there, because again, first time on concrete, forget about Bristol. Bristol was dirt covered over with the concrete. It was covered over, covered over the concrete. So we're going to see what these cars really do. Once they open up on this, uh, Dover mile, as they call it, this mile track at Dover downs and see what they can do, uh, this weekend's upcoming racing. Well, great race yesterday. Fun stuff. Uh, Rod, thank you as always for your time and your insight. We look forward to talking again next week. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.